The text today is the Gospel reading, Jesus feeding the 5,000. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Philip, I think Philip needs the help of Captain Obvious. You all know who Captain Obvious is, right? Uh, Captain Obvious is the annoying person who points out something that everybody already knew, right? And uh, Captain Obvious is also the guy who now is a commercial spokesman for Hotels.com. You know, if you've seen the commercials, Captain Obvious. So uh, it would be something like this. Um, Who's going to win March Madness this year? Well, whoever wins the most games. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Or when you're at home, don't you love this one? Can't find the remote. Where's the remote? And somebody says, it's somewhere in the house. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Well, I think Philip needs Captain Obvious. Jesus says, where are we going to buy bread for all these people to eat? And Philip, oh man, his mind starts wandering. Oh, 200 denarii wouldn't buy... They don't even have 200 denarii. What does he care about money? And then it wouldn't buy enough for them. Where are they going to go buy food to eat? There's nowhere to buy food to eat. Philip needs Captain Obvious to say, um, Philip, maybe, just maybe, you could ask the guy sitting in front of you who invented bread. We could often use our own Captain Obvious as well, all the times that we ask questions as if there wasn't an obvious answer. God. As if God weren't obviously sitting right in front of us. Questions like these, oh, how am I going to get through this? Oh, who's going to fix this? Oh, where am I going to find enough food? Where am I going to find enough bread, enough money? Captain Obvious needs to tell us, um, maybe God? In fact, we're told that Jesus asked Philip that question specifically to test him. So consider this like the Captain Obvious test, where the answer is always Jesus. It's always God, Father, Son, and Spirit. He's always answered every Captain Obvious test, every how, every where, every why, every what. It's always Jesus. So let me give you uh, an Old Testament example of the Captain Obvious test. Moses. In Numbers chapter 11, they're out in the wilderness, as you remember very well. God had brought them through the Red Sea, and now they're out. And we we heard some of it from Exodus this morning. They're grumbling because there's not food and water and so forth. They're very upset about this. So um, God says, I will give you meat to eat. Okay? But here comes the test. Here's Moses. Moses scratching his head like Philip, looking around. Food? Where are we going to get food? Here's what Moses says. The people among whom I am number 600,000 on foot, like the Lord didn't know that already. Um, Lord, there's like a million people here. And you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat a whole month. But shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them and be enough? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them and be enough for them? See, here's here's your Old Testament version of Philip. Here's Moses saying, Lord, where are you going to get food to feed all these people? Moses needs Captain Obvious. Where will they get meat? And Captain Obvious says, um, God? The Lord says to Moses, 
this is the Lord's word. This is not, I'm not paraphrasing or anything. This is what the Lord says to Moses. He says, is the Lord's hand shortened? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. Now think about that, that saying, is the Lord's hand shortened? In other words, if, I mean, I don't know how to picture this for you, but be like, if, is the Lord's hand like not long enough? Is it like cut off? Like, can God not do this? Do you need reminding Moses of what the Lord's hand can do? In six days, the Lord's hand made everything. Everything, absolutely everything. He, for 40 years, as we heard in our Old Testament reading, He fed millions of Israelites every morning with manna. He just rained it down from heaven. Elijah, one time, ate a cake of bread and didn't need to eat again for 40 days. One time, Elisha met with a woman, and I, I would have not even remembered this one except we read it in the daily readings this last week. Elisha met with a woman whose um, husband had died and they owed a lot of money. And so the creditors were coming to take her sons, her, her two children as slaves. And Elisha says, what do you have? What do you have? She says, all I got is a jar of oil. He says, all right, go, get, go find all the jars and vessels you can from everywhere in town. Get every vessel you can find. Go in the house, shut the door, and start pouring the oil in. And they do it. And they fill every single vessel they have. Is the Lord's hand shortened? Is there anything He can't do? Here's another Captain Obvious moment for you. The disciples are on the boat. This is after both times He fed. Because remember, one time He feeds 5,000, another time 4,000. This is after both of them. And they're on the boat, on the sea, and Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the disciples go, oh man, we forgot to bring bread. <laughs> I mean, it's really comical. We, don't, we didn't bring bread. What are we going to eat out here? And Jesus says to them, oh, you guys, why are you discussing that you have no bread? Captain Obvious, do you not yet perceive, he asks them. Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 or the seven loaves for the 4,000? Those are his words. Come on, guys. Oh, you have little faith. Who's going to help you? Jesus is. Our choir sang it for us. Psalm 121. I lift up mine eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Captain Obvious, right? The Lord is your helper. Always, always, always. And is His hand ever shortened? Never. So, Philip, let's try again. Where will we get food to feed these thousands? The answer is not 200 denarii. The answer is this. Well, Jesus, you will feed them. And that's always the answer. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where's my help going to come from? Jesus, my help's going to come from you. You'll take care of it. Always the answer. Five loaves of bread? Is that enough to feed 5,000 people? Yeah, if Jesus takes them in His hands, it is. We've got to expand our minds to the size of God, to the size of Jesus. Philip says, <laughs> Philip says, whoa. To, you, I mean, 200 denarii, remember, a denarius is one day's uh, uh, wages for one day's labor. So you're talking thousand, in our day, thousands and thousands of dollars, Philip said. If I had thousands and thousands of dollars, it wouldn't be enough to give even everyone a little more soul, just a little bit. 
Look at how closed in Philip's mind is. A little, Jesus takes zero denarii and feeds so much that they have 12 baskets left over. we got to expand our minds to a bigger size. How many people can Jesus feed? How many people truly can Jesus feed? Can He feed 4,000? 5,000? Can He feed 10,000? Can He feed a million like He did in the wilderness? Can He feed a billion? Yes. His flesh, given on the cross, feeds the whole world. The whole world. Every single person. Here's a Captain Obvious question. Philip, where are we going to find forgiveness that every single sinner that has ever lived might have enough? Jesus. John 6, 51, which is just a little later after this. He says, Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world, not for the life of 5,000, for the life of the entire world, is my flesh. Can Jesus do that? Can Jesus feed every single sinner that has ever lived with enough forgiveness that we will live forever? Where are we going to find enough bread for that? He does it here in the supper. That's where He does it. He gives His flesh under this bread for every single one of you to eat. Or do we doubt it? Is the Lord's hand shortened for us? Even Captain Obvious knows Jesus can do that. The fact is, this gets us thinking a little bit. The fact is that God is always, always, always giving you bread and giving you life. He is the one thing that you absolutely cannot live without, or as sometimes it's said, He's the first cause of everything that we have every day. So here's a little exercise for you. You sit down at the, at the lunch table today. Ask yourself some kind of Captain Obvious questions. Maybe like when, our, you're, when you're a little kid, you ask these kind of questions. Where did this ham come from? Well, Captain Obvious, it came from God. This ham came from God. He's the first cause. Yes, there were many numerous other second causes. Yes, it came from a pig, and that pig came from a mama pig, and that pig came from a farm, and a farmer, and a butcher, and a grocery store, and yada, yada, yada. But God was the one who way before that ham was ever on your table, He gave that piggy life. God was the one who made pigs in the first place. God's the one who provided the food for the pig and energized the farmer and the butcher. It's all God. It's all Him all the time. Where did this bread come from? It came from God. Long before you ever thought about, hey, let's have some bread with lunch. God was already working months, years ahead of time so that you, on March 19th, 2023, would have bread to eat at your dinner table. Let me give you a more specific example. Yesterday, my wife, Valerie, made awesome bread. It was incredible bread, okay? Homemade, and it was good. Now, did that bread come from her? Well, she gets credit as a second cause. She's not the first cause, right? She put all the ingredients together very well, but she didn't make the ingredients. What does it really mean to make something from scratch? Now, please, go to your dinner table today and play the Captain Obvious. Start realizing how, how many things that you put in your mouth 
are coming from God. Give us this day our daily bread, we, pl- we pray to Him all the time. We don't pray that to the farmers and the grocery stores. We pray that to God. Now, how true it is. Yes, He uses many second causes. Farmers, grocers, sun, rain, seeds, trees. But it's all God. All God. Who is taking care of you right now? God is. Now, here's the problem, friends. Here's the not-so-Captain-obvious part. See, if everyone knew this, if everyone knew this, that God is the giver of everything we have, well, then, then there'd be another really Captain-obvious question. What are we doing on Sunday morning? The obvious, Captain-obvious would say, we're going to be in church, aren't we? But how come the church isn't always full? Because this is the not-so-Captain-obvious part. Sadly, many, many people reject the giver of the bread for the bread itself. Okay? So many in our world are only concerned about the bread of this world and not at all about the bread of life. So, so here's the not so Captain Obvious that the one thing you can absolutely not live without is Jesus. Okay? The bread of life. See, No Captain Obvious can teach you this. Only the Spirit of God can teach you this. And you're all here because the Spirit of God has taught you this and is continuing to teach you this. That there is one thing you cannot live without. The bread of life. Now remember what happens in John chapter 6. He teaches that after he's fed the thousands. They come back. He teaches them, I am the bread of life. And guess what happens? Everybody leaves. It's so sad. Take note, Christians. He doesn't just want to give you the food on your table every day. He doesn't only want to take care of your body. He wants to take care of the whole you, body and soul. And here at the Lord's table, He gives you food for your body and food for your soul. Remember, is the Lord's hand shortened? Okay, what what do you believe when you come to the Lord's table? Do you believe the Lord's hand is shortened or do you believe that God, the maker of heaven and earth, gives you this miraculous, supernatural food, the bread of life that gives you forgiveness of all your sins and gives you the Spirit of God and that you will live forever. I don't know how to... How do you even put that into words? What a gift. See, yesterday I told you, Valerie made really, really good bread. Okay? It was God, of course, who gave it. But as good as all that bread is... This, nothing will compare to this bread that we're given here today. The very bread of life, the body of Christ given for the forgiveness of your sins and your eternal life. It's just awesome. 200 denarii? Can't buy this bread. You can't find that bread at any, at any store with any money. Okay? If this bread of life were on sale, there wouldn't be enough money in the world to purchase it. Yesterday, Jonah, or not yesterday, I'm sorry, about a week ago, Jonah was asking some like funny questions about what you, know, what you could buy if you, had, if you had all the money. Could you buy the world, I think he was asking. If you had all the money, could you buy the world? Well, no, not really, but you know, if you had all the money in the world, you can't buy this. You can't buy the bread of life. Isaiah 55, 2, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? and your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen to me. Eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Jesus is the bread of life. Now here's 
a, a little challenge for you to think about at the end of the sermon here. Kind of a Captain Obvious. Do you know that you can live without everything else? You truly can. You're going to doubt me, but you can live without everything else except Jesus. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, you say. You can't live without food and water. Yes, you can. Of course you can. Is the Lord's hand shortened? I mean, He can sustain your body if He wants without food and water. Or, if your body dies, you still live eternally with Jesus in heaven. When Jesus had not eaten for 40 days in the wilderness, He had not eaten bread for 40 days. 40 days. The devil said, turn these stones into bread, and Jesus said, yeah, good, I am hungry. He said, no, I don't need bread. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God is the one thing you cannot live without. Now, that doesn't mean you should put God to the test. That's what the devil tried next. Oh, okay, Jesus, why don't you jump down from this and see if God's angels will rescue you? No, you don't go and stop eating and drinking and say, okay, Lord, now you take care of me. No, that's testing God. And Jesus tells us never to do that. But he will test you. You can count on it. He will test you. He will test you to see if you can live without some things in your life. He will ask you the Captain Obvious questions like this. Where are you going to find food for all these people? And you're going to say, you, Lord, you're going to take care of it. You'll provide it. And he will. So you think about what are you worried about right now? Are you worried about bread, maybe? Are you worried about money? Are you worried about your energy, your health? Worried about our nation running out? Worried about time running out? Worried about who will take care of X, Y, or Z? Remember, you can live without all of it. Philip will give you the answer. He learned it very well. The answer is Jesus. He will take care of it. You can live without everything else, but Jesus, no. He is the bread of life. So, my final word to you then, come to the table with me and receive Him. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.